0: I just had a fabulous listener email me and she said, Sarah, does Nutrafol work for men too? Woo-hoo! Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby. And Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway carawayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. Hey, my longtime mindful eating therapist, Robin Mize, is here. I love every time that Robin is on the show. Backstory is I've been a patient of hers for over a decade. And over a decade ago, Robin helped me lose 40 pounds on mindful eating, resolve my emotional eating issues, my um, ongoing eating disorder, and live a life free of ever counting calories. I haven't owned a scale in a decade and it is the most freeing thing ever. So today she's going to talk about Ozempic. I want to know, can you be on Ozempic and live a mindful eating life? Because mindfulness is really going deep. It's about realizing why you eat when you're not hungry. And Robin has some interesting takes on Ozempic. I I have been an open critic. I'm a critic because Most people I know that are on Ozempic are only like 20 or 30 pounds overweight, and it's a complete vanity thing. And I think the side effects are going to be horrific for people in five years. And also the studies that they've done on Ozempic, most patients that are on Ozempic or Wagovi, I think Wagovi is newer, so I'm not sure they have the data, but at least with Ozempic are off of the medication in two to three years. Now they don't really tell you why. Is that because they've switched to a different medication? It stopped working. The side effects were so bad, or they were cured of their. Most people are usually on it for diabetes, so we get into that. But Robin has some hot takes, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, Robin Mize, Robin Mize, <laughs> my longtime mindful eating therapist. Oh my God! Hi, Sarah. Ama- Robin, you're amazing. You've done so much for myself in my life. And uh, I know many of my listeners have called you or just, you know, reached out to you or become patients of yours. And you've changed a lot
1: of people's lives. Aww. That's so nice of you to say that, Sarah. <laughs> and it's so fun to be here with you. I'm really excited to talk to you about this because I think it's like very confusing for all of us. Yeah, I wanted to have you
0: on because I've i been thinking about can Ozempic and these new, or Wagovi, these new weight loss Manjaro shots, because um, when I talk about this, I get a lot of backlash because I have very hot takes on this, but I'm trying to be open-minded. Mm-hmm. You know, can Ozempic and mindful eating or mindful living coexist?
1: Absolutely, yes. I mean, we were just talking about how science can, I mean, it's... I wouldn't, it's a medicine and it, it, and it treats a health disorder, which is obesity and obesity is very different from what we talk about emotional eating. You know, that's a different, it's a different category and we got to be able to separate out apples and oranges, you know? And I also think, you know, this is, um the thing that I see with this medicine that I feel good about helping people who have, Addictive eating disorder, which is the kind of person which I'm talking about when your brain will not leave you alone and you can't stop eating, not because you're a bad person, it's not a moral issue. And this is the problem that people have for years, you know, just said, just diet, you know, and this is it when you get to the extreme um, state where people are addicted to food, it's like being addicted to alcohol they can't stop. Their brain is sending them into these um, compulsive behaviors. And this stops that without like nothing like speed or something that just stops you altogether. It turns down the dials and apparently it's stopping the addictive thinking. So people on this are having all kinds of addictions go away. And this is anecdotal. They're starting to do tests in mice and they haven't done tests in, in humans. But anecdotally, people say, I stopped, you know, shopping addictively. There's one story in an article about a woman who's, who was addicted to alcohol, got sober, then started eating and shopping. Mm-hmm. And she said she would go to target and, you know, spend $500 when she went for one thing, she couldn't leave target without a full basket. And she started taking those for the obesity. Cause she also had binge eating disorder and she stopped she said i i realized one day i was leaving target with just the things i came for and i'm like oh my god it's kind of amazing and it doesn't make you not eat it makes you not crave and overeat eat less so in a way yeah. it's kind of i think an amazing evolution and i and i think it's way healthier than bariatric surgery as far as i can tell i'm not a doctor and let me just say that right up front I am not a doctor. You know, this is the kind of thing you need to talk to your doctor about. But that's a very different thing than the kind of thing that you dealt with. Right. Yeah like I yeah, talk to me I mean how many
0: Robin, how many years has it been that you've been uh, um, I mean I know you're also a couples therapist. I mean you're a longtime right. licensed couples therapist but then you kind of got into this niche of helping people mindful eat right And the backstory of you and me is I mean I've known you now for over a decade and been a patient of yours on and off and I found you because I was like, at my wits end of I'd been, I'd been dieting since I was 12. That's when I went to my first Weight Watchers meeting from 12 right. to the age of 28, I gained and lost 150 pounds. I was a binge eater, emotional eater, eating disorders. Um, and like kind of in a moment of panic, I had Googled giving up dieting in Washington DC and your name had come up because you were going to be speaking at circle yoga in Chevy right. chase. They were doing kind of a, you know, get back to yourself, uh, giving up dieting. Do you want to get out of this diet cycle? And I remember I like called you, I was like, I can't really wait for the seminar. Are you taking on patients? Yeah. And then we got going yeah. ever since, ever since, but how many years have you been seeing people with emotional eating disorders talking about mindful
1: eating? It's been, uh, well, really like about 23 years, 20, 23 years. And when I started doing mindful eating groups, it was before mindful eating was a thing. And I had come to it because I had that same thing you did of emotional eating. Um, I gained weight, but I, I have to say there's a difference between what was going on with me and what goes on with my patients whose weight gain gets up to, you know, really life-threatening levels. Um, But I was, yo-yoing and everything. And when I, what solved it for me was actually getting pregnant. My pregnancy is sort of like I let go of dieting and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) wow, I can trust myself. And when I was done, I could trust myself. And it was like recalibrating what I thought I should be, like that body dysmorphia. You know, I thought I really should be 30 pounds thinner than I am right now. But knowing that my body will find its place you know, that's worked for me, but that doesn't work for everybody. And that's the thing that I discovered doing these groups is that it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. People need to find the thing that works for them. I would never judge somebody, you know, for getting past their eating disorder, but landing in a body they weren't happy about and wanting to lose weight. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to lose weight. I don't think there's anything wrong with not wanting to lose weight and feeling like, I don't wanna get back into that. I'm happy with the size I am, I'm accepting this. I think we have to come from the inside out, but I don't wanna dictate to people, this is my thing. I mean, it's kind of become, over the years I've watched it change and now we're in the haze period, happy at every size, which I love. I love the idea of body positivity and body neutrality even Mm -hmm. more. Like, why do we even have to care, you know? We, it should just be my business, not your business, what my body's is like. Um, but it's kind of become militant at this point where you can't want to lose weight. And I don't think that's right either. Like people should do what's right for them once they, and and also get away from the suffering of having, being in the dieting mentality, which is that, which is different than saying, I'm going to eat healthy or I mean, that could also be code for dieting. But what you know what I mean by the dieting mentality? Right?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in it for years. I mean, I was always on Atkins or South Beach and buying these books. And, you know, the thing with it's like, Proven with diets right 95 percent of these traditional diets of these atkins of weight watchers they Restricted. fail for restricting yeah yeah and they fail for 95 percent of people meaning they've done many studies within five years almost everybody gains the weight back and more right, right if you're right. on weight watchers and suddenly you stop that's always my thing with ozempic and i'm, I'm curious what you think like you know i i always say to people how is Ozempic going to treat the mental part of it, right? Because for me, the emotional eating, years of dieting, really was dealing with unresolved grief around my dad's death. And at the time, everybody knows, I was on a morning show that was very successful but highly toxic behind the scenes. And I didn't even realize how toxic it was, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, what's your take as a longtime therapist on that? Like, Because I, I, I see a lot of people using Ozempic that are – maybe 30 pounds overweight. They're not obese. I mean, I agree with you when it comes to people who, we know obesity is a disease, right? And, I'm, and we're talking extremes, right? You're 150, 200 pounds overweight. Your body is shutting down in some degrees. I think Ozempic, absolutely. Why not? That would help. But I'm just wondering how, how do you think Ozempic is going to, is Ozempic going to hurt people because it's not going to treat the mental part of it?
1: Well, let's, okay. So Ozempic, um, The drug is Sibaglutide and it's in Wagovi and Manjar, all the things. Um, It treats, it's for, you know, created for diabetics because it treats insulin resistance. It's, there are biological things that it's treating. It's a medicine. And that's, that's why I say, you know, you need to talk to your doctor. But when we're talking about these other things like trauma and using food the way you might abuse alcohol, and it's just like alcohol. Some people can address their trauma and they stop abusing alcohol. Mm-hmm. They learn, they can, they can even, I mean, I quit drinking because I felt like alcohol was becoming this. Um, it never used to be, but after I turned 50, my cravings went up and my tolerance went down and I was like, this doesn't feel right. You know, where I, I have to have a glass of wine every night. Like I'm pushed my brain. I could tell cause I've, I've quit smoking before. I've quit other things. I could tell. I was like, oops. And I could just stop. Well, that's different than somebody who has extreme alcoholism, addiction to alcohol, they wanna stop and they can't stop. And if there's a drug that stops that brain reward circuitry um, that is keeping you addicted, that would be beautiful. My God, if this drug does that for all the things, I mean, people have found they stop other compulsions too, like skin picking and nail biting and things, it's, it's a, it's biology. So nobody really knows why that's happening. Actually. I don't think from what I can tell, it's like, so Isn't that crazy. What's going on? I don't know, but everybody, I mean, I also think it's a drug. It has side effects. It's not worth taking if what you're talking about is the vanity part. That's 20 pounds, I think, but I'm not going to tell someone else what to do. If that's what makes them happy, you know, there is a shortage of the medicine which I don't I don't blame people that are taking it. That's the drug company. I don't know what's going on with that. you know yeah, they could be that- manufacturing more I'm sure yeah I mean I don't know why they're not. Is it because the prices go up? I don't know right.
0: Um, but, um, you know people always ask me about mindful they're always curious about mindful eating and, and living a mindful life. But mm-hmm. I think the biggest deterrent is like it takes time, right? Mindfulness is really not – it's not like – the thing that's appealing about a diet or a Zen Picker is, you know, within 30 days you begin to see results. Mindful eating yeah. is like way different, right? I mean yeah. mindfulness is way different. I mean you really have to kind of go deep with yourself. Right. And like people always ask me how you start. All your years of practice, I mean, what is the best way for someone to start investigating if they think they have a shopping addiction or is alcohol the issue or is food the issue or, you know, to me, it was, it was, it just became very obvious because I was like near a nervous breakdown. I don't know. It was very (laughs) obvious, you know, I mean, I would wake up in the morning, my hands were swollen, my face was swollen. I hated the way I felt. I I guess, is that probably how everybody feels like they get to
1: that point? Maybe, you know, you kind of hit bottom with with any kind of abuse of something, you know, it just stops working in your life. Also, I think with dieting, there's, and with any kind of abuse of a substance, there's a restrictor and a permitter inside you, and they're at war. And these are parts of ourselves. Mm. And the restrictor is like beating you up and telling you you're horrible and saying you're only good if you don't eat. And this is the anorexic that gets extreme and can kill themselves because the, restrictor is like this, um, presence in their brain that won't let them eat. And the permitter is the other side of it. If you're more identified with your permitter and your brain is more as it has that addiction, um, component as well. Well, then you can't stop yourself from overeating, right? And if you're in the dieting mentality and you don't have the extremes in your brain, but you're just stuck in this kind of I restrict highly and then I react to that and I, you know, permit highly, which is what you were doing. Yeah. Eat all week. And then you'd eat all week, overeat all weekend. Um, it's, it's, it's makes you unhappy. It's not integrated. It's, it's, it's a, it's a dissonance in your psyche. Yeah. So what you want is congruence where you from the inside and the outside are connected. I don't eat when I don't want to. I do eat when I do want to. I eat the things I want to eat, you know, without feeling like I don't want to eat that, but you do it anyway. Um, And how it's very, it's subtle though. It's hard to teach it, isn't it? Because people want to go back to dieting because it's not also overeating. That's the confusion. It's not restricting and it's not permitting. It's being in a place where food is not Your main focus, right? Yeah, that you
0: don't think about it every day of every second, you know, of – or exercise or counting calories. Yeah. And I mean, it took me – it took me like – it probably took me two years, I feel like two or three years to really perfect mindfulness, meaning – you know, I always tell this story. I remember when I first saw you and I walked in the room one of the first sessions, you were like, oh, you'll be able to have cookies in your house and like trust yourself with cookies. I was like, there's no way. There's no – now, I could never have <laughs> chocolate chip cookies in my house and not eat all of them. And then all of a sudden, I feel like when you begin to re- slow, it's slowing down, though. It's really slowing down. Meditation, coming to see you, getting a, pro- like, exercising for fun. I had never, when I started seeing you at 28, I never had exercised for fun. It was always about calorie burn, you know, getting a trainer, looking hot. You know, it was never right. like, wait a minute, what do I in just enjoy
1: doing? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, for you, Sarah, a lot of it was so good. You were in a very um, – you had trauma from your childhood that has hadn't been processed or integrated, and you were in an abusive environment all the time, working – you know, 15 hour days with an abusive boss. So first of all, we got, when you got out of that situation and then processed the trauma, I think you were basically, you didn't, you don't have those brain problems. Yeah. Once you were, and it's very individual. So, you know,
0: Right now, Hungry Root is offering TSFS listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. As I mentioned, just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS to get 40% off your first delivery and get those free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Also, don't forget to use my link so Hungry Root knows who sent you. Yeah.
1: I just, this is why I think everybody has to get where they are comfortable. And, and that's where happiness at every size you know it you should just get where you're comfortable now that i just think that's very personal it's very yeah, personal it is you know what i mean i just read a thing the other day about how that extra you know 20 30 pounds is you living your life you know i just think we have to readjust what we think of as good and also come from the inside out not the outside in But having said that, I know we live in a toxic culture and young women have a lot of pressure to be and look a certain way. And just going against that is a relief. Just like, no, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to care about that.
0: Okay. Talk to us about how do you, how do you know when a patient has like noise, the noise in their head, whether it's about food or alcohol or shopping that they can't turn off because like you've always said with me and it's true, right? Once I, understood your practice and what you were saying and kind of where I was at with grief and also this abuse toxic work environment and then dealt with that, all the food noise went away. And now like even if I'm in a stressful work situation or a stressful negotiation, it's I don't, I don't go to food. You know what I mean? I know what's happening. I'm like, okay, I'll take a walk or I'll hang out with Kate. I'll play with KJ. I'll go with Dan. Like I can figure out other ways, but all your years of practice, how do you know when a patient comes in and you're like, oh, this person, they can't turn it off. What is that? I I mean, I don't even know what that must be like.
1: Well, usually they report it, you know, that it's, it's how it is for them. And, but it's so I'm confused about it too. It's subtle like i don't i can't not everybody responds to this right and not everybody can you know let it go or feel okay in their body unless it gets to a certain skinniness you know and and i'm like okay like i'm on a different path but that's fine for you like whoever it is the um people whose mother is like a hyper exerciser and an influencer that only eats you know, kale or whatever, smoothies. And and they're trying to be more healthy. They're like, that's two different worlds. What do we do? Do we judge each other? Or do we just say, that's not for me? You do you, I'm doing me. I think the judgment I I feel Yeah, what have you seen discovered? I just don't think the judgment is useful. Like you need to figure out what's right for you. Mm. And I, and I do think there are people who aren't wanting to do this what we're doing. You
0: know. Oh yeah. And- I, I know I know many. I know a couple that are on Ozempic that have zero desire to ever go to therapy or resolve any <laughs> issues of yeah. why they might you know, use food. And again, they're not obese. They're 30 pounds overweight, they're forty pounds overweight, they love Ozempic. They're now they're very a lot skinnier, but it never addresses the other problems. And they don't want but- to. And then,
1: I mean, you know, I don't judge anybody for that thing, that kind of thing. I also think if you, you know, for some people who this, some people report like they they get over their eating disorder, but they're told now you have to be happy in this body, even though their body's, you know, bigger than they want to be. I don't agree with that. You should do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, and that if that person feels like the nice thing about ozempic though in the in this sense is that it doesn't send you into a dieting mentality you don't diet on ozempic you, you it does something I, my sister went on ozempic and she was 60 pounds overweight something like that um not because she had an eating disorder just over time and it was starting to affect her health she's in her 70s she she went on it and lost weight. She feels like she didn't change anything. Mm. Didn't change anything about how she ate. I don't know if that's true or not. She probably ate a little bit less, but I think it was doing something else like to her blood sugar. Yes, it does. Right. Yeah. yeah it does affect your insulin. Um, I just don't, why not? I mean, people should do what they want, but I also don't think you should do it. You know, and I think for people who have come to, at, to peace with their body, and then suddenly all these people are losing weight on Ozempic, it feels threatening. Do you oh, think tell that's me, true? tell
0: me about that. Really, you think I, that's an interesting take? Well, I think so. What like, you
1: like think if you come to peace with your body being like, you know, bigger than what you had started wanting, and you go through mindful eating, and then you're fine with how you are, and then this thing comes along, it's like you can be skinny. You know, and I think in that way, it's threatening because that whole, I need to be skinny thinking comes up again.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: You know what I mean? It's There's a little gray area here. And this is where I just think, trust yourself, trust yourself. Do what's right for you.
0: And and I love that about you. So you say, you know, trust yourself. Like if you are a person and you're curious about Ozempic and you qualify to be on it, you're saying try it. Maybe that
1: will help. I'm not saying try it. I'm saying, trust yourself. If you know that you're like, you have an eating disorder, you've always had like a problem with food and you're going on it because it's another diet you're trying. I would talk to a therapist first, you know, do something else first. Um, but if you've gone through all of that and you're in a good place with food, but you're hundred pounds bigger than you want to be or 60 pounds bigger than you want to be and you want to try, who am I to judge you? I mean, people should do what they want. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I mean, that's true, I think, right? That's... I
1: mean, I don't know if I'm saying something crazy here. Do you think that's crazy? No, I love, I mean, I, uh,
0: no, I love it. I love I love your hot take. People get mad at me. I judge it because I think we, <laughs> At least what you read, right, about the trials, and they've and they've been Norvo Dissick or whatever who puts it out, um, Ozempic has said, you know, within two years, sixty to seventy percent of patients stop taking it because the side effects can be so gnarly. I rail against it because it's like we don't know yet what's that trauma gonna do. You know, you you think you have this resolution, right, of maybe stopping the noise. You're on this drug. It can be very expensive. You've made the commitment to do it. And then two or three years in, suddenly you start having stomach paralysis, whatever all these side effects that people are saying can happen. And then you have to stop. And then it's like, oh, my God, are we going to have a place where we're even worse? Now, I don't know. Maybe I'm just projecting in the future. And I
1: mean, well, I would to be your concerned point, about that. I
0: mean, no, I'm not saying well, try not, it. Not try it, but I mean, t- to your point, trust yourself. Trust yourself, and everybody. Everybody is different. Everyone has different food noise. I don't have the
1: extreme. Yes, you
0: know, I don't have also, that extreme addiction.
1: I want to stress, talk to your doctor. Yes. You know, but but it's but I'm with you. I mean, to me, if you don't need it, it has side effects. So if you don't need it, um, you know, but. I also am not going to judge people who feel like they do need it. And the side effects are different for everybody. And it has been around for 15 years. So they kind of know what they are. Um, I haven't heard the thing you said where people, where they tell people you have to get off it after a couple of years.
0: Well, no, they don't. The drug companies don't. They say that their patients, after two years, sixty percent of patients stop taking it. Now, they don't explain why. Have they lost enough weight that they're no longer diabetic? Are the side effects so bad? They stop they don't they don't go into detail yet. They just there's been reports with USA today that Norvo says after two years, sixty percent of their patients report no longer taking
1: Well, it might be that they've reached a plateau I mean, could be that works. Right. They they actually don't know a lot about it in terms of long-term use. Um, you know, like sometimes you read people gain the weight back. Sometimes you read, they don't. I mean, it's crazy that we don't really know. Right.
0: We don't, we don't. Okay. Robin, where do you think we did go through this whole body positivity movement in the past, like five years, right? we have these people like Lizzo. I mean, just amazing performers that you wouldn't have seen twenty years ago. Really celebrating their bodies. Mm-hmm. All right, you see, you see patients every day dealing with body image. Do you think we've really progressed? That's my thing. Is I feel like, I feel like we all said we progressed, and then Ozempic came out, and people. To your point, like all these people. I know so many that are like 20, 30 pounds that two or three years ago were like, oh, this is my body. And now they're like, oh, no, I'm on Ozempic," You know, Yeah. what happened? Didn't we? I thought
1: we were celebrating each other. But what's your take? What's your take? Do you think? I I fall on the side of happy at every size and body, not just body positivity, body neutrality. Mm. I mean, that's that's I think where we should all be and have all the different, I love that now you go to look for, to go shopping and they're all sizes, all bodies are there. You know, this is, I think, incredible. And that's why I think like, you know, we're at a place where people can make those choices and just say, I'm not taking that drug, you know, just to be 30 pounds. But, you know, I do, or you can say, Hey, I'm over my, I'm, I'm good with food, but I'm a hundred pounds bigger than I want to be. You know, I'm going to take the drug. It, I don't see anything wrong with either one, but I'm with you about like, this is, we don't want to lose the idea of body positivity. And it's kind of like different camps. Yeah, You know what I mean? Those people didn't ever stop being there. The happy at every size was a different, um, group of people that thinking differently, progressively, I don't know how you want to say it, like rejecting patriarchy and the uh, demand that we look a certain way.
0: I mean, that's the camp I love falling in. But to your point, you know, I try not to judge too much. (laughs) Everybody's laughing. Like they're like, you've had so many judgments about Ozempic. But I, I agree with that because, you know, you would also help me learn when I was overweight, people had comments about my body. Then when I lost weight naturally and went through different periods where like maybe I dropped even another five pounds, then I would have people comment, you look anorexic. You know, I mean, you taught me, you know, you almost had the example of hold all these people's comments in your hand and pretend the wind is blowing through and they're just blowing back and forth and back because people are going to have thoughts on you. You're never going to be big enough for someone. You're never going to be small enough for everybody. So- (laughs) You might as well, you know, embrace where you're happy, where
1: you're healthy, Um where your life. I mean, you know, this whole idea that you have to, in order to be a certain, you know, acceptable size, I have to never enjoy food and never eat, you know, basically eat a thousand calories a day and that's it, you know, and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to count them. And I mean, do what you want, but that's not a way for that. I want to live. You know, it's yeah. like. What do I care what someone else thinks about my body? I want to know. I want it to be about, up to me. And I just and I think that's hard. And I and I don't always succeed there. And I have so much admiration for people who do. But I'm don't not going to judge anybody who feels like they want to do something else. Yeah. Whatever that is. I love. What do you think about this idea? Well, I think it was Lizzo that brought up this idea of body neutrality. Have you heard of that? I love it. I'm all for it. I never look at somebody
0: anymore and look at their weight. And my own – I don't care what people think. I, honest to God, I mean this. I don't give a shit what people think about my body anymore or my age. But it took me a long time. I mean, I can't say like, oh, I just – oh, I've always had this confidence. Yeah, But, you know – I don't give a shit. And I'm sort of with you as far as when it comes to plastic surgery and stuff. Sometimes I think, oh, maybe I'll have a facelift when i'm forty seven. But I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'll make that decision when i'm forty seven. I'm fine now. you know, and I sometimes I have Botox. sometimes I don't. You know, and to me, you know, I'm on this yeah. baby journey. Like I, I don't give a shit. I want my body to be healthy, so I don't care what the scale says. And i and I I haven't owned a scale since you and I started working together. So like eight years ago, oh. ten years. Wow. never bought a scale ever again. Uh, I never will. I don't care. Like,
1: (laughs) I love body neutrality. What's that like?
0: Oh, I wish everybody could be – I wish everyone could feel that neutrality. It's the greatest feeling. Robin, I have so much more time since I have seen you and done the work. My life is exponentially – I cannot even tell you. It's Sometimes I literally stop myself and I cry. I'm like, do you remember for a decade – you hated your body every day you woke up and were like your life will be so good when you're thin your life will be so- you put so much on hold yeah and now i think oh my god my life is so amazing and i don't care about food it's it's yeah. i cannot even express to you the feeling of incredible freedom and insane joy it brings me to never own a scale yeah i, can't even tell. I want that for everybody i want it for yeah. everyone And maybe you own a scale and you love it and you have great freedom because you weigh yourself every week. I want people to never think about food or their size or if they're going to get a job based on the way they look.
1: I want that too. But it also I can hear people saying, and it's true, you know, the culture we live in is always going to be what it is. But you're in LA and you're able to do that. But it's also true that you landed in it size like i think for some people who are in a bigger body and they're you know people around them who aren't but they're saying hey you know just be free they're like that doesn't feel fair to me you know and that's i think that's fair i mean people if there is no one what was the path for you it's so great and i also think it's great to tell people like you too can be free of this but there are just there's a wide range of experience and, and some people can't get to where you are and some people when they get there they're not happy you know what i mean yeah i want people to have what you have i wish that could be everybody
0: well i'll tell you Look, if I had moved to L.A. when I was 22, I'd be dead for sure from anorexia and a cocaine overdose. Absolutely. So I I encourage people to move to Los Angeles when they're 40. It's very yeah. powerful with a husband, with a child, because you have a lot more going. You have a lot more to worry about than, oh, am I the hottest person at this party? Because I'll tell you, L.A. is another place that reminds you, and I do this all the time, I go to parties now or or events and I think I'm going here to have fun and enjoy my life because believe me, in LA for sure, there is somebody hotter, way thinner, you know, younger, (laughs) but I, I just, I'm at a point in my life, it's like also, and I equate this even to like this miscarriage I had, right? It's like you have to, these things you have to like grieve and mourn and like these are really experiences happening to you and then it's like, or I can go to this party and I can spend the entire night here thinking about, oh. I wish I was 26 again, and I looked younger, and I was hotter, you know? But what good is yeah. that going to do me? I'm not going to have any fun the entire night and meet somebody. So, you know, I have two choices, you know? I have two choices with my miscarriage. It sucks, and yes, I'm grieving. Or I can think, okay, what is the next logical step? If I want? If I know I want to have one more healthy child, I have to be realistic to some point. How am I going to do that in the most positive, healthy way?
1: Yeah. I mean, that comes to what, what's the story I'm telling myself. Right. But I just, I just want to like, I think with, I don't want to go in the militaristic way of saying everybody should be one thing or another. Yeah. Um, I don't think we should judge each other. Mm -hmm. I think people should do what, like what you're describing to me, for me is like the best way to be. Um, and i'm i mean you're not sort of stuck in a permitter though you didn't like let go of dieting mentality and then you know go crazy and um you don't have that addiction that that food addiction in your brain where you crave without stopping i mean you you felt it when you were highly restricting there was a constant food talk in your brain
0: oh my god for years i mean never stopped And everything I ate, nothing was enjoyable because it was always, you know, you shouldn't be eating this or this is so many calories or what, how much exercise are you going to do tomorrow too? And it wasn't about taste, you know, that's the other thing I learned through mindfulness. What worked for me, you know, doesn't work for everybody. What worked for me is like actually not driving and stuffing your face with food. It was like, stop. Eat the food. And of course, what you find out is lots of times all these things that you think, all these cupcakes and chips, and there's yeah. a great exercise you and I did. And and it's, you know, um, I think, I don't know if Janine Roth was the first to do it, but that one of taking a plate and you put a raisin on it, an orange yeah. slice, a Hershey kiss, um, right. a potato chip, and you have to slowly, slowly eat them and actually taste them. Mm-hmm. And see, once I started doing that, and again, this was like year. It wasn't like I did this for three weeks and suddenly like, oh, amazing. But mm-hmm. over time, coming back to it over and over, I realized like a lot of these things, I I don't even enjoy. Like a Hershey Kiss is so nasty. <laughs> <I> really, <laughs> yeah, it's not the chocolate that I want. You know, I really That's I want what I a, want I want a delicious cupcake. So eating a hundred Hershey Kisses because they only have eight calories. Yeah. Ain't going to get me to that point. You know, it just makes you miserable.
1: It's like that crazy thinking. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, when you, when you slow down and really taste a potato chip, which is a highly processed, usually highly processed food, very, very, very fat, high fat, high salt, you get, I mean, they're highly palatable foods, high salt, high fat, high sugar, our brain, it's just, it's, it's a, releases dopamine we're supposed to like it because in terms of evolution that would put on fat and we could survive the lean times on the savannah whatever you know our brain craves it so if you if you have an addictive part of your brain that gets stuck up stuck there is how i think of it i mean probably the real thing is uh actually what's happening is different but your reward system gets stuck there and you can and Fast food is designed intentionally to hook you. Yes. High fat, high salt, high. It's horrible. So you just get get addicted. Your brain is addicted to those things. For people who have a tendency toward addiction, it becomes almost impossible to stop. It's really sad. It's crazy. But, you know, that's what's happening. It's actually going biology. It's not that you're weak. Do you think most people
0: know that about food, the additives and things in foods are addictive? Like we know it with alcohol, right? You know it with um, right. cocaine. You know it with these things because they – they you know that they, be, they can become very addictive and you hear many stories. But do you think people still know or even have any idea what's in our foods? That's the other thing I always like rail about. I'm like, God, these drug companies spend billions of dollars to get us on all these medications, but they won't – yeah. You know, we won't ever, like, address the shit that's in our food, you know, the highly processed crap and all the additives that we allow in breads and chips and fast foods that, like, Europe has banned. Like, they won't even – I know. You go to Europe, they won't even allow that crap in in yeah. for their children. And it's like – okay, what's your thoughts? It's also,
1: it's also really privileged to not have to think about – I mean, if you – if you, you know, there are these food deserts, people with that have low income maybe can only afford – these highly processed foods. Yeah. It's a huge problem, but the addiction can come from any foods, like even, you know, something you make yourself Or, but in the, in the food industry, it might look like a healthy meal. It's like chicken, a chicken meal, but they've at some place, I don't know, I'm not going to name a restaurant, but these places where they highly like add sugar, add fat. It's not just chicken. And then it it's it might be natural sugar and fat, but they amp it up so that your brain is like, I'm gonna come back for that. Because that I mean, I've read before where your brain does the same thing with that kind of highly palatable food as it does with crack. Yes. Yes. It's addictive. Yes. So and so some people are less prone to that kind of addiction. They don't even like it, just like people with alcohol. Like You know, they can take it or leave it, they're not gonna do too much of it because they don't like it. They don't have that in their brain. That doesn't mean they're better people morally. They're just not addictive in their brain. And some people are. Mm. And so it it's a very complicated thing. And it's what how it worked for you is so great, but it's not gonna work that way for everybody, you know? And they people shouldn't feel bad. That they weren't able to, you know, get there.
0: Yeah. In the same way you could. And like, I mean, you and I've talked about this. I've even been criticized by the intuitive com- eating community because I'm of your belief. Like, if you want to lose weight, lose weight. If you don't, fine. If you know, yeah. if you're happier, so I will often do I wasn't happy when I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now mostly because I actually physically felt awful. My knees ached, my thighs, Mm -hmm. you know, chafed together. I mean, I, it was so hard to move around. Mm -hmm. So I often post like, this is what I was. And then mindful eating helped me to be where I am now, where I don't think about my body or weigh myself. I have no idea what I weigh. And, you know, this is the happiness. Well, posting a side-by-side intuitive eating people have come on and been like, you're in, you know, you're encouraging people to diet and, there's so much yeah. judgment within the own community of like, you didn't do it oh, our way, you know? Totally.
1: I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of judgment. I don't even know. I was coming on here. I was like, that's a, cr- <laughs> people feel strongly about this stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> and we'll see what people think. I'm happy to hear what people think. I mean, I think it's a, it's a moving target. I just want everybody to feel freedom and happiness and freedom from obsession about food and body. Yes. And when you get there, you know, it's like, that feels incredible. And I think there are people who get there and they're bigger than they want to be for all kinds of reasons, not just vanity, but also other things feeling, you know, like you were saying, I don't feel good. I can't exercise like I want to and all that stuff, but they're afraid to, to, to try something because it might send them back into it. And I say, again, just trust Mm. yourself. Trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself. If that feels like it's sending you back into it, then stop doing the semaglitude. Do something, you know, come back to where it feels good, where it feels okay.
0: Robin, I guess it's too early to say, but I was going to say, you know, obviously you you gave the great example of your sister. I wondered if you've had any other, if you've heard any other stories of it working. Because I talk a lot about, how we don't know how this is going to end. Like we don't really know the side effects, but I'm wondering like, have you seen a patient for the past year and it has worked and it like has helped and they are living this freedom that we talk about because I never give those examples. (laughs) Speaking of judgment, um, I never (laughs) give those examples.
1: So I don't know. I just, I'm just wondering like, do you know anyone that has? Well, my sister's the only one I know that's done it over time. I have some clients that are just starting to try it. Um, And it does seem to be working in that way for one of them. The other one's just starting. And um, she's having that experience of, yeah, I don't, it's not, I'm, I feel like I'm eating normally. And she is like, as opposed to binging and feeling like she's, she eats more than she should or craves it, thinks about it, craves it, you know, it's, that's not happening anymore. And that's, that's kind of amazing. It's a freedom, you know? I mean, if you're if you're addicted to alcohol, you can be sober. You can stop going places where there's alcohol, you can stop drinking. If you're addicted to food and your brain is doing that. That's a real thing and you can't stop eating. You can't get away from it. So, you know, you have to eat to live. Yes. That that is really, the challenge with food. Well, it's a really amazing medication for these people. Yeah. Because it gives them that their brain quiets down. What's a quote? I had a quote from someone from an article on semaglutide, the obsessions about food that plagued her, even when she was skinny or gone, she stopped picking her skin and biting her nails. Her mind is quieter now, more peaceful. I mean, you know, it's like, if someone has extreme anxiety and they take anti-anxiety medication and it helps, that's a good thing you know we're talking about medical health issues and this is not i'm not a doctor so that i'm always just like go talk to your doctor you know don't talk to me about medication that's not what i do right but anecdotally i can say you know there are people who need it oh my
0: god my listeners are gonna love it because believe me they rail against when i say (laughs) i don't know
1: Well, I think you're a good voice though for, for saying you don't, don't do it, you know, just to lose 20 pounds. It's a medication. It has side effects. That's not, you know, we're not talking about that. Um,
0: I always try to say to people, because I think one of the things that resonated for me that you taught me over the years is what you resist persists, right? So if you're not getting to the, you know, if you've always yo-yo diet, again, like you said, there, there's two different camps. There are people that cannot, no matter what, they, they've done everything. They can't turn off that noise, Addic- shopping addiction, alcohol, whatever. But if you're in the camp, I think like I fall and and a lot of people fall where you know, you know, you're overeating, or you know, you're doing something toxic to yourself, but you're not sure why you can't stop, but it doesn't feel good. You know, you need to. Um, I always tell people, you know, you can do this, but it's not going to address the root issue. And then what's going to happen if you do have to come off it, or if you do have side effects, or, you know, it's like, it's just going to come back to you. I I don't know. I'm a big, I'm a big opponent or uh, proponent of, you know people talking things out or joining a group you know cuz we all have issues like things always come up it's very hard no. most people some people do go through life they have it, like no drama but most no of us. you're right
1: i mean processing integrating trauma um dealing with what is the reason that i'm doing it um it's so complicated because yes i mean you know i i just think that's so important and i also think it's important to love and accept yourself as you are. you know I mean, the whole yes. thing is and do that. I mean I remember with you it was like you have to trust yourself and you were like, no <laughs> I'm not gonna trust myself. I can't trust myself. You didn't and realize that you could. even loving myself, like even the idea
0: of like, love it, radically like loving myself or like you know exercises you would teach you still do giving yourself a hug to let yeah. I didn't do any of that I never even I never even would stop like now I'll even write sometimes like hey what did you do well today what did you think you did well yeah. today like even giving that to myself I never it took me years I never would do that. I was always like you didn't do this you didn't do that you could be better at this right. why aren't you and you know look I think too, I don't want to, you made this point. I think it was a good one. Points in my life, I've been very fortunate and this doesn't happen for everybody. Like with the Kane show, I, you know, I'd made enough money. I was at a point I could leave that job. Like that was part of the reason, right? Lots of times when you really get into mindfulness, you know, sometimes you have to make a decision. Are you going to leave a marriage? Are you going to leave a job? Are you going to leave, are you going to stop speaking to a parent? I mean, those are hard Yes. They're not easy things to do. Yes, they can lead you to a lot of freedom, but not everybody can like quit their job like I did, you know. Right. Yeah. I was lucky to, you know, be single at the time. I didn't have kids, I didn't have a more, you know, I I could walk away from this and then things got
1: exponentially better, but you know, sometimes the other thing you had, I think, you know, the resource you had was a very loving family growing up. You had the trauma of your dad dying at age 12, right? Yeah, at 13, 14, like in there, yeah. yes. But, but you had healthy attachment with your parents. You were unconditionally loved. And given you know that gift of a happy childhood, healthy, happy childhood, and that gave you resources to, to deal with pain, to deal with trauma. To, like, to bounce back from these kind of like toxic places you'd, you'd sort of come into and come out of them and be healthy and happy and whole. And if people feel like, gosh, you know, it's not working for me, there may be things from your childhood that you need to work on. Just because you didn't get it doesn't mean you can't get it for yourself. Now you can get to that place of being happy and healthy. Um and have all, all
0: your years of therapy. I mean, have you found? Doesn't it suck? Doesn't it always come back to your childhood? Doesn't it always come back to your? It really sucks, doesn't it? I mean, because you can't control that. Like, it like, always comes know, back. Right. It always comes back to the damn parents, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: I know certain certain aspects of it, but you can heal from that trauma. Attachment trauma can be healed. Really? Um, yeah, it can. And you know, I think sort of what you said about being able to love yourself enough to get out of the bad places instead of staying in them. That's a big, I think, you know, when you're healthy, you know, you, when someone says to you, that's abuse, you kind of went, you know what? You're right. I'm out of there. You know what I mean? (laughs) It
0: took me a minute. I was like, it is. Oh, it is. I didn't realize that. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: But some people it's like, that's abuse. And they're like, well, I can fix it. Or inside there's like a a different calculation and, you know, that can be addressed and, and you can heal. Mm. I do believe that.
0: Well, you've seen it. I mean, you've worked with people you've seen, you know, I'm sure. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. But it's good to not compare yourself to anyone else because you're on your own path. You have your own history. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, if people find it's hard for them to do what you did, you know, out of the gate, they're just on a different path. It's different for them.
0: That's such a good reminder too of not comparing yourself. Because boy, we're also in that society, right? We are. That is, yeah. we're always integrated every day with how we can change, look younger, look thinner, look hotter, be more successful. You know, right. you go on TikTok; it's all about how you, people became a millionaire by thirty, and then they became. Yeah. Always like, I know. It's always. Huh. You know. Yeah. Have you started yeah. your own
1: business? Is your business successful? And this business, yeah. you know, it's always. Side hustle. This side hustle. That side hustle. <laughs> And also it's, it's all about being dissatisfied, but I would say, turn everything off and look around what you're, what makes you, what's good. What's good. You know, finding the, finding in this moment, what's working, what's good. What makes you happy? You know, um, this is like what I call coming from the inside out, not the outside in.
0: Mm.
1: Someone says, you know, well, you shouldn't be happy because you weigh this much or you look like this, or you have this kind of job or whatever. Um, it's easy to fall prey to that. Ugh, you know, you're like, ah, yeah, you're bright. I should have all those friends. You know, I should be doing that thing that everyone else is doing on the- Why don't I go to parties like that? You know? And it's just, first of all, you don't know the backstory of that picture. Right. Oh my God. And second of all, turn it off and just look at what's good in your life and try to build the things you want to happen.
0: Oh my God. A hundred percent. And social media is so
1: simplistic. Anyway, go ahead. No,
0: social media is so fake. I love that reminder. People need that. I need that reminder all the time. Everybody needs that reminder. It's so fake. Talk about addictives. Oh my God. I know. TikTok and yes, being, yeah. Oh, I know. I know social media. People are so addicted to social media
1: and comparing their lives. They wake up and pick up their phone and they start scrolling or in bed at night. You know, it's like, I'm, me too. I mean, I'm not judging anybody. It's, it is addictive. We know this, right? Yeah. Um, It's a reward circuit. It feels great. Just like, all the highly palatable foods feel great. Just like alcohol feels great. You know, our brain's like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Always feels good starting out. And then I have a third glass. I'm like, yeah. no! no, this yeah. is not good. It's gone to the tipping point. Yeah. No.
1: And also with, with social media, you find that three hours later, you're still sitting there. You didn't go for the walk. You didn't cook dinner. You didn't do anything. You know, it's weird. And
0: it's I like... – sometimes, sometimes I get information that I like from social media, but I find less and less I get good information. I find that I leave and I start comparing myself. Why didn't I start that job? Or uh, I should be taking Gary V's advice about my family. Yeah. Why? Who cares, Gary? I like yeah. Gary V, but what am I doing? Like, just – like you said, get out. Like, Walks, connect with your husband, connect with yourself. Like those are all the things that I want. It's yeah. you know, not really starting a new social ma- you know, media strategy thanks to our friend Gary V. I don't care.
1: <laughs> the only people I like to follow that I really appreciate on t- on uh in social media are the comedians. <laughs> the <laughs> make you laugh at it and laugh that's, at everything. That's it. I know. Yeah.
0: Um, Robin, I you know, are you still taking on new patients? I get asked that a lot too. Yeah. You are. I am, yeah. hmm What's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Is it through your website? How do you want people to contact you?
1: Yeah, I have a website. It's so old. But anyway, you can go, but also my my email. So um, robinmize.com is the website. The- uh, robinmize.com is my website. And RobinMyze at gmail.com is my email um well yeah contact me yeah um and and also just start with that self-compassion you know what i mean people should just relax and feel like i'm okay just as i am before you do anything else um take that message in trust yourself sometimes you know people get freaked out about should I do as a pick? Should I not do as a pick? Should I lose weight? Should I not? Should I? And just take that away. Just say like, okay, yeah, I can if I want to. I don't have to. Let's just come back to me right now. Am I okay? Am I okay? You know? Um, wow, that's I. That's our next episode. I want you
0: to come on for an hour and just tell us how are how do how do we know we're okay? How do we? <laughs> Because I remember that, that you also, that was one of the first things you were like, you're okay. I'm like, oh, I've never had anybody tell me that. Like you, you're right. like, you're okay just as you are at the size yes. you are, the job that you're doing, the car that you're driving, the amount of work that you're doing, like you're okay. And I was like, no, yeah. I, I've never, I've never heard that. I can't be okay. What do you mean?
1: Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? I but know. do a lot of your clients feel the way I, I, That's the message we're given. Because that keeps us buying and shopping and, you know, you're not okay. You need this and you need this and you need this. I'm so susceptible to it too. Like I'll buy something. When I bring something new in the house, my husband goes, where'd you see that? (laughs) Like, you're right. It was an ad for sure. (laughs) But literally
0: how people know you're okay by just closing your eyes, like just breathing, right? Just the fact that you're here in your body you're alive you're that's how you know you're okay
1: right despite what we think is going on yeah i mean sending self love but also let's just say okay there are lots of ways you can you know what are you sending in what are the messages you're giving yourself what kind of books are you reading what kind of social media are you looking at what kind of people are you around and here's one last thing I think is a great exercise. When you feel like you're just like, I've been on the computer all day, or I've just been, just lay down, go to a safe spot and lay on the ground and do the cat exercise where you just stretch like cats do, you know, they just stretch whatever needs to be stretched. Spend time landing in your body. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, my cactus just fell off. Okay, keep going, Yes. You know what I mean? Like land in your body. Oh, that's so good. Land in your body. Spend some time, even if it's just five minutes. Oh, I love that. Land in your body. Okay, Robin.
0: Robin Mize, everybody needs to reach out. Greatest thing I ever did. I can't endorse you enough. And by the way, this is not an endorsement. I'm always like, you know... I've always yeah. been a longtime client of yours. I always will be. You're, you've totally changed my life. I know you have for many other people. I know listeners will hit me up and be like, I'm seeing Robin, or, and I'm so <laughs> happy. It is life-changing. And the best investment, the greatest investment you can make in, is in yourself because once you figure these things out, it's complete freedom to do everything. That's why I'm here in LA and loving it and thriving. I mean, thanks to resolving a lot of issues you helped me with.
1: Oh, thanks, Sarah. I'm so glad to hear that. That means a lot to me. And I have to say to people, like, it's not just me, just therapy. Good therapist. Well, you also connected – I mean, look,
0: you also connected Dan and me to um, Lee Conan, our th- couples therapist. Oh, my God. She changed our lives. It's the only reason I married Dan. I say to Lee, without you, yeah. I never would have married him. <laughs> yeah. So Lee's, like, the third person in our marriage. And, like, there was – I never thought that Dan would ever go to therapy, and now he, like – embraces it he's like we gotta go to therapy i mean when you find a good therapist oh boy everything everything opens up because you don't think about these things we're so programmed
1: yeah yeah it's just having another and also the psychoeducational piece of like what what we can help you th- how to think about it yeah.
0: And what's physically going on in your body when you have these moments of anxiety PTSD it's like you don't you, you, unless you're trained like you and Lee are and you you've worked in this space for years it's like you don't know what's going on you don't know what's going on when you push down grief like what how it yeah. comes out otherwise so right. you and Lee are like our superpowers so I love you Robin Robin and Robin at gmail.com.
1: Okay. Thanks so much, Sarah. It's great to talk to you. You too. We'll talk to you
0: soon.